0: But tonight, guys, I,
1: um, I'm um i picking back up where we left off in the study of Galatians that we're calling Good News, right? The Good News of Jesus Christ. And I hope that by now you've picked up that that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to ask, can you guys hear me good or do I really need to get a mic? We all right, we're good. All right, we're good. I really don't like to, I don't want to like have a mic when you guys are right here, but if you can't hear me, I will use one. I, um, The Good News of Jesus Christ, that is the gospel. And we pick back up on it after we've been off of it for about six weeks. And, you know, we're just about to finish chapter two. So we've got a little bit more time left in this, and I'm cool with it. Um, what we've kind of been doing is going through about two books per year. And I think that's amazing, absolutely amazing to kind of do studies like that. But tonight we pick up in one of my favorite texts in the entire Bible, right? The end of Galatians, my favorite text in the entire, in the entire Bible, and, um, and that is Galatians 2.20. And we're, we're going to get there in a minute. But man, this is a gospel message, right? This is, this is going to be completely the good news of Jesus Christ. And man, I'm going to go ahead and just say from the get go, I prayed, I've been praying all week that that number we have for baptism after tonight is higher. I'm serious. I've been praying all week that somebody here tonight would find, would profess faith in Jesus Christ and be baptized on Sunday to show the world, look, I am a new creation in Christ. I've been praying for that all week, and I know that the power of God unto salvation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that with my whole heart. Look, guys, tonight I want to start a little different. I want to start by reading some text that is not actually our main text tonight, um, but I think it's going to set us in the mindset of where we're going to go. But let's pray real quick, and then we'll get started. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you are Lord of our life. You're the master of my soul and I throw myself at you, God, wholly and completely for there's nothing that I can say or do that would do of any justice in these people if your spirit is not covering it, God. So Lord, may your spirit work in the hearts of men tonight and women tonight, Lord. May people who do not know you be called to the cross tonight to bear it on their own shoulders. Or may you do what only you can do in these people's hearts tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. So the text that I'm going to start off reading comes from Matthew, and it says the follows. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Ouch. For whatever would sa- for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come, and he's going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. That's good news, and man, that can be some bad news. Because <laughs> he, he's going to come, and he's going to repay for the works that they have done, and thankfully he's going to see me, and he's going to see the works of Christ. But friends, right here, if anyone, if anyone would come after me, it doesn't say say these couple words after somebody else and then they come after me. It says deny yourself. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And man, what a place to start. Deny ourselves. You see, have you ever noticed that things about us as humans, we like to be the answer to things. We like to fix everything on our own. We like to be the, the salvation that we need. We want to be able to put our hand on it and make sure it's all fixed because guess what, who did it? K did it. That's the, how we are as humans. We never want help. I know as a guy, it's hard to accept help. I know as human beings, we'd rather do things ourselves than, than accept help. We want to be the answer. Look, I, I bet you can finish this sentence. I got myself into this and I'll get myself out of it. This is kind of the, the, the mindset of, of, of humans. It's ingrained into us. And I don't expect anything different because I see that we are a fallen man living in a fallen world, indoctrinated by society that says that we are in control of our own destiny. But praise God, the Bible says different. The Bible doesn't say that we're in control of our own destiny. The Bible says if, if we're in control of our own destiny, our destiny is, is bankrupt. And thank God I can trust the Bible and what it says about my destiny and my future. See, the other day, um, I was watching a movie with Darren. It was probably a two weeks ago. It was a great movie. Don't remember the name of it. Maybe if you ask me later, Darren can tell you. But in this movie, this girl is stricken with hardships. I mean, she's in high school and she's homeless. Okay, she's living in a bus. She has no place to lay her head down every night. She has hardship after hardship after hardship, and it, they just continue to increase all the way to her, her. mother, the only person she lives with, passes away. And people try to help her. People try to give her what she needs, to offer her the help that she desperately needs. But she denies it. She she doesn't want the help that she desperately needs. She lost things because of that. She she lost. Uh, she dropped out of school. She lost an opportunity at a, a scholarship to college. She she kept having these hardships just pile on top of her because she would not accept the help that she desperately needs. And friends, I want to say that we are the exact same way. We are stricken with the horrid hardship of sin. The hardship of sin that weighs down on our shoulders and takes us and makes us disgusting and nasty and corrupt and impure. And we don't want the help, the only help that we can get from that. That's the name of Jesus. We want to put that off. We want to fix things ourselves. We don't want the only answer to that, that horrible, horrible hardship on our lives, which is sin. Because we're stubborn. And we allow that stubborn ideologies that we carry to kind of cover over and go over into our spiritual life. Right? Like, like we, we let it go over to our spiritual life. Like, how many times have we said something along the lines like, we told God No. We've told God, no, like, no, I, I, I'll dedicate my life to you later, God. You know, after I fix all my problems. Or we said, no, God, I, I, I'll, I'll put myself, I'll, I'll give you all myself when I'm, when I'm done having fun. You know, that way I'm not in this life of sin when I come to you. And we say these things. And I can tell you, if you're like me, and I think if all of us were honest, we've said things like that in our life. That we've resisted the pull of God in our life because we're not ready to give up the things that uh, that our flesh loves. And I think if you're like me, we could be honest and say that was me. But if that has been us, man, let me tell you, we've had the wrong person in the seat that belongs to Jesus. That's, that's saying, no, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'll come to Jesus once I fix this, once I do this. And friend, guess what? You know when that's going to come? Never. Never. You will never be able to fix those things before you come to Jesus because there's only one solution for those things. That is Jesus. See, we, we get things backwards and we're struggling sh- with this hardship of sin in our life, and we think that it makes us to where we shouldn't go to God, but instead the sin should drive us to His cross, not away from His cross.
0: The sad thing about humanity is that we want to be our own Savior. From the very
1: beginning of time, it's been that way. Sin entered this world because of this thought. That we need to be high like God is. That we need to be the savior of our own own lives. And sin entered this world because of that. And friends, we want to be justified by our own works. By our own selves. Not by somebody else's works. And friends, when we do that, what we're doing is we're making a mockery. The creation is making a mockery out of the creator. <laughs> The creation is making a mockery out of the Creator. We compare our life, that is academics and athletics. It's all right, guys, over here. We compare our life of academics and athletics to our spiritual life. Like we think we got to work for that gold medal, or work for to be uh, on that state team, or get that athletic scholarship, or or get some kind of academic scholarship to college. But the reality is, man, you're not working to earn some type of prize from God. That's not how things are. We're not working to earn some type of prize from God. So before we get into the scripture of our text tonight and where I want to go with it, I want us just to all, I want, us to, I want you, if you will, just kind of center yourself, close your eyes, and just kind of think about this prayer real quick. Think about this prayer real quick. Lord, help me. Help me to put myself in the rightful seat that I belong And let you take the place of Master, of Lord in my life. Help me see that I'm not my Savior, but instead I'm my own reckoning. You see, guys, where we're going tonight is we're going to be talking about justification. You can open your eyes back. We're going to be talking about justification, but we're not justified by our works. We're not going to be justified by doing good or talking good or even coming to church or even reading your Bible. I know that might blow some of your minds. We're going to be justified only by Jesus. And let's read our text tonight, and I hope that you can see that. Galatians 2, starting in verse 15. It says, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. If you don't have your Bible, it's behind me. You can read from there. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus. Through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God, for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I did not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Our scripture tonight may seem a little dense, and my goal of, of this text is to... Uh, show you guys the depth and the breadth of God's love for you. Like to show you just how much he loved you, That the the price he would pay for that. Uh, An immeasurable, incomparable price. A price that we could never earn or deserve, but yet he still says, I'll give it to you. That's what's so graceful about it. He lavishes us with that grace. And I pray as I preach tonight, you feel that lavishing grace pour over you as he calls you to himself. The first point I want to make, guys, is I think that we can pull from our text is answer a couple of questions. The first of those questions is this. What am I? Like, what am I? I I can answer that. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. You see, left to myself, you know where I'll come, I'll always come up short. Left to myself, I'll never be what I need to be to find myself in right standing with God. Why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Romans seven eighteen says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. See, guys, if God does not dwell in me, guess what? Nothing good dwells in me. And that is the hardest truth to face as people who think we need to be our own, in control of our own destiny. To, to face the fact that the problem with me is me. <laughs> That's the hard truth to face. And, and we think that, you know what, I do have problems. I wish I wouldn't watch this porn. I wish I wouldn't vape. I wish I wouldn't drink on the weekends. Whatever you might think is your sin. But the answer to that is not yourself. The answer to these things is Jesus. But left up to ourself, there's nothing good dwelling in me. The scripture that we read tonight says, that that are you to be justified by the works? No. You cannot be justified by your works. From the time we came from our mother's womb, we came into a life of sin. Right? Nobody had to teach it to you. Your older brother didn't have to teach you how to be a sinful. Maybe he helped you become more sinful, but he didn't have to teach you how to do that. Right? No mom ever teaches a little kid to grab a plastic hammer and hit their little brother in the head with it. They just naturally do it. It's hilarious, but they're just little turds like that and they like to hit people in the heads. It's because they come out sinful. We were born into a fallen world. I was conceived into iniquity, born into sin. I am. But that's not where, the hard, this would not be good news if I was left there. (laughs) And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's good news, guys. I'm not left to myself. I'm not left to deal with, The fact that, look, the problem with me is me. There's good news that comes after that. We have a problem, and the problem that we have has an eternal weight. It's called sin. And sin does something specific to us. It separates us from God. That is the entire reason that Jesus came here to earth to bridge that gap between us and Him. Because why? Why would he have had to come here if we could have done it ourselves? He had no reason, no reason to come live a life of humanity and die the death of a sinner if we could do it ourselves. Reality is that we are, it is impossible for us to get in right standing with God by ourselves. We need some help. Yes, we're separated from God through our sin, And friends, I want to take the burden off your back and it might seem like I'm putting a burden on your back, but I promise you there's some good news coming. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do to get that sin away from you. Not you. There's nothing I can do to get the sin, to get that monkey off my back. I don't care if if I come to church as, as often as the doors are open. I don't care if I don't have sex till I'm married. I don't care if uh, if you don't drink, smoke, vape, whatever you think is, is sinfulness in your life right now, even if I never did any of those things, I still have a blot of sin in my life. I can't get that off of my back. The Bible says there's a, there's a price that has to be paid for sin, and it's death. For the wages of sin is death. And you might be thinking, this is not that good of news, Kate. <laughs> But stick with me. Stick with me. See, eternity apart from God. Eternity. I want to go a step further, and it might be hard to hear.
0: Eternity of the wrath of God poured out on you. And we're like, how? How how can that be? How can
1: that be? You see, guys, we could read our Bibles every day and not know God, and that is not to scare you. That is just to let you know that it's not actually the reading of your Bible that is going to cause you to be in right standing with God. It's faith in Jesus. For I can puff my head up with all kinds of knowledge, but if my heart's not filled with the Holy Spirit, then I'm not his. Then I'm not his. Paul said in our scripture that we're not justified by works. We are corrupt with sin. We are... Supposed to be clear and pure. It's the way God has made us, but we're not. We're covered with sin. Every bit of us is filled with sin. And apart from Christ, we remain that way. Apart from Christ, we're seen as impure. He says, All of your good works are as filthy rags because sin has separated us from Him. That we don't have a good standing with God because of my impurity, because of my inability to be who I need to be. I'm not God. But how can God be just and let a man that's full of sin and not full of his spirit into heaven? He can't be. He can't be just and let sin dwell with him. There has to be a cleansing. There has to be a cleansing of our sin, and it doesn't come through good works or nice deeds or kind words. It comes through Jesus Christ. You see, we serve a God who holds the keys of victory over death, hell, sin, and the grave. And his name is Jesus, and he is the Savior. That's what I want to talk about next. You're probably like, thank you. You're getting a little hard with the I'm not good enough part. But the good news of Jesus Christ is that we have faith in him and we are are purified by him. So what is Jesus? He is our Savior. You see, Jesus came to save sinners by being condemned as a sinner himself. Luke 19 says the Son of Man came to seek and save those that were lost. Matthew 1 says that he will come and save his people from their sins, you see what you see. The common theme here: He is the Savior, not a Savior, not a kind of a Savior, the only Savior. First Peter two twenty four. I love this. Says He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. Not by your works you can be healed. Not by your good conduct and your and your ability to refrain from sexual uh, temptations that you'll be healed. by the the wounds that he uh, received on behalf of your sin, for the punishment that he received for your sin, is how you are healed. That's why Romans 5, 8 is so beautiful, that he demonstrates his love for us that while we were sinners, he died. Right? He didn't wait until you had it all together. Because guess what? If he did that, nobody would enter heaven. He did it knowing that you would deny him. He did it knowing that you would turn your back on him and say, nah, I've got some more fun to have like you don't have fun in Jesus. My life didn't
0: get fun until I became saved. I just thought it was. Really, I was just deceived. You see, friends, faith in the
1: works of Christ as demonstrated in our text in Galatians is the only way that we may be saved. And by grace, he allows us to have that faith. Jesus is God, and knowing the problem that we have with our sin, he knew that we needed a forever sacrifice. The the sacrifice of a lamb, of of the goat, of of oxen, of birds, would would never be sufficient for the sacrifice that we need to blot out our sin. He knew that he had to have a Savior for his people to bridge the gap between him and them, and he said, you know what, I'll be it. I'm the only one that would be sufficient for this. I'm the only one. I'll I'll be him, is what he said. And so he condescended onto this earth to be that for us. Knowing that a true sacrifice had to be made, he came to this sin-stricken world, left the glory of heaven with God the Father and God the Spirit, condescended to be a man like you and I, to live a life like you and I, except without sin, and then served as your punishment for sin for you. Yes, that is the Savior, and his name is Jesus. His
0: name is Yeshua, and he deserves our glory. He deserves our glory. He is the Savior. Oh, what perfection is he.
1: And woe to me to think that I can be that person for myself. Woe is me to put off the perfect for the imperfect. Woe is me to be so prideful, to think that I should exalt myself to be the person that could be what I need. To be the person that could save me from my wrongfulness. Woe is me to think that I could ever be that. And I have thought that for a long time. It was in 2016 I finally gave my life to Jesus. Woe is me if I ever fall into that again. You see, friends, what we need to do is understand that we got to humble ourselves, cast ourselves at the foot of Jesus, throw our burdens, our pains, our heartaches, our sorrows, our trauma, our sin on the shoulders of Jesus because He's able to bear
0: it. You're not. Why? Because He's the Savior and I'm not. He carries our wretched sin for us through faith in Him and through faith alone.
1: Philippians 2 says, have, they don't, I don't have it on the screen behind us, but kind of just listen to me. Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though that was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Man, that is a good scripture right there. Look, friends, you're going to bow your knee and confess that he's Jesus And it's going to be here on this earth while you still have breath in your lungs, or it's going to be in front of him, in front of the judgment.
0: See, either way, you're going to bow. And friends, every time you take a deep breath in your lungs, you breathe in his
1: grace that he's given you. You breathe in the grace that he's given you to give you the opportunity to choose to live with him. And please, let's not take this for granted. You see, what does it mean? It's the last one I want to make. What does it mean for a sinner like me to come in contact with a Savior like Him? What does it mean for a sinner like me to have a Savior? It's this, it's no longer I who live, but who but Christ who lives in me. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, he says, uh, for our sake He made Him to be sin." made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How rich of theology that scripture has in it. How rich is that, man? I hope you start to understand that tonight. That he made him who knew no sin to be sin. The curse of sin was poured out on him so that we might know. That we might have the possibility to know the righteousness of Christ through him. Because through us, it's not possible. Hebrews 9.12 says, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by the means of blood and go- of goats and calves, but by the means of His own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Man, He's the Savior, and He desires to save sinners like me and like you. The Word says that He doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to know Him. You see, friends, He
0: wants to save us. We can't earn it. And that's something I hope you hear from me every week. (laughs) You can't earn what he wants to give you. You can't
1: be good enough to take what he wants to give you. We don't work for his love. Instead, we work because of his love. We don't work so that way he will love us. Like, oh, you see, Jesus, I, I let that old lady in the door. No, we let the old lady in the door because of the great love he showed for us. That's the difference between legalism and a grace-filled life.
0: We have been tainted.
1: And we're as dark and black as this water is apart from Christ. Our sins corrupted this body. Our sin has made us tainted. But through Christ, the sinfulness of man is made pure. As white as snow. As white as snow. You see, the wrath for our sin that we deserve, because the wages of sin is death, right? The wrath for our sin that we so
0: deserve was instead poured out on Christ. The most undeserving
1: person to ever have walked this earth, yet he said, I'll take it. the wrath that was meant for me was poured out on Jesus so that through faith in Him we would see, be seen as the righteousness of Christ instead of the sinfulness of man. That one day we would be seen as the righteousness of Christ because one day, friends, we're going to stand in front of God. This is biblical. We will stand in front of God and He will judge us. And you know what? He's going to either do one of two things. He's going to see me and see you and see our sinfulness and say, depart from me, I don't know you. Or he's going to see me and he's going to see you and he's going to see the righteousness of Christ. And He's going to say, welcome, my good and faithful servant.
0: Come and enjoy your kingdom that I have given you through faith in me. One day, we will be seen as that if we have faith
1: in him. And through faith, guys, through faith
0: we're made pure. Through faith we're no longer seen as the blotted out blackness. Through faith
1: this body that I have is no longer seen as impure, as as wretched, as disgusting, and as full of sin. Through faith I am pure as white. Through faith I'm seen as the righteousness of Christ. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he would come into this world to seek and save those that are lost. You and I. And save us from our own reckoning. Friends, as we close, I want to say one thing, that today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next month, not when I get done having the life that I want to have, not when I get done being full of sin. Guess what, friends? Even in your faith in Him, you're going to have mess-ups. It's not about being perfect. It's about resting in perfection, resting in His perfection, and knowing that now God's not going to judge me for my sinfulness. He's going to look at me and judge me for the righteousness of Jesus. Tonight is the night of salvation. If you will bow with me, guys.
0: I don't every Sunday, I mean every Wednesday, give this kind of altar call type thing. But friends, I've been praying every
1: day this week. And I've just been feeling like I've been led to pray this way. That Jesus would save that Jesus would cleanse someone of their wretchedness, of their sin. And I want to give the opportunity, if God has tugged on you tonight and you don't know him, you could sit and you say, you know what, Cade, if I died right now and I sat before God, he would judge me and say, depart. I don't, I don't know you. And I don't want that to be the case, not because I want to get out of hell free card, because I want to get to know Jesus card." I want to get to know this man that loved me so much that he would bear my sin and die for me. I want to get to know this man because he deserves me. He needs to be glorified. If that is you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here and stand in front of everybody, but if you don't know Jesus and He's tugging on your heart because the Word, the Scripture says that no one can come to Him unless He's first drawn. And He is drawing you to know Him for the first time to have faith in Him. If you will, just,
0: just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. Amen. You can put your hands down. If you... I want to say,
1: God, you know what? I've kind of left where I thought I needed to be. I knew you. I've heard of you. and But I've been living a life that acts like I don't know you at all. And tonight I am just want to say, Lord, forgive me of, of my sin. I know you've saved me before, but forgive me of my sin. I cast myself on you. And you just want to make an open commitment to God to say, Lord, forgive me. You can lift up your hand. I'm going to lift up my hand with you if you do. Praise you. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for your word that sharpeth any two-edged sword. Thank you for godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Lord, thank you, God, that those that are found in Christ are new creations. There is therefore no condemnation for them. But Lord, there is conviction, and praise God that there is conviction. Lord, I pray that tonight is a night where we can walk out of here and we can be new creations, genuinely new creations. I pray that tonight is a night we leave from here and we get a new commitment, a new commandment to go and tell everybody that we know about this amazing man named Jesus, the man that saved my soul from headed to the destruction that I was headed in. Thank you, God, for who you are, for you are the righteousness that I need. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Usually, guys, we would have a little time where we write our...